do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I just think that's really helpful that actually that one of the ways that Paul says to walk carefully is to actually address other people and to sing hymns and psalms and I thought it was really interesting as well looking at this that actually the verse before is says don't get drunk on wine but actually filled with the spirit and often you know the classic thing is that when you get drunk you sing songs and you go crazy but actually being filled with the spirit gives you joy and helps you sing but so much more so much more filling so much more rewarding and actually edifying for you like it builds you up not just alcohol but actually knowing the truth and singing that to god's glory is so much better Hello everyone, my name is Adsum and this is the Consider the Ravens podcast. We believe that discipleship should happen primarily within the context of the local church, but that the principal way that that has been bolstered throughout church history is through literature. Whether fiction, non-fiction, from letters to works of systematic theology, literature helps us to understand the word and get to know the world we live in. Hello everyone and my name is Anna and this week we are going to be talking about about hymns of note. Okay now I'm just going to give a disclaimer at the start. We both absolutely love this book. It's not really much of a disclaimer is it actually. (laughs) But yeah we both absolutely loved it. Just a little bit of um, context behind the book. So it was published in January last year 2021 by William Young. No not by William Young, by William Long. <laughs> Not very good at uh, reading words, apparently. Actually, we all knew that. Um, but this book is a collection of hymns and their authors whose words have been sung to God for generations. So each devotional features uh, links of the hymn in a piece, a piece of scripture and a short devotional which comes with it, which explores the life of the hymnist the meaning of the hymn and how it relates to our modern lives. Um, We have absolutely loved it. We found it has, or at least I found, it has brought us so much life and so much more joy into hymns that we've already absolutely loved. As in, I always love hymns anyway, but Mm. this has just made them even better. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. This book is a book that we use just before we go to bed. Uh, We love devotional books. We love books that uh, can just help us to sit and think and just rest for a second. But we incorporate that into our family worship, our family being a family of two. Um, But essentially, we like to end our days by praying together, praying for one another, praying for other people, giving our days to God and also joining together and reading something or or praying something together that will really help us um, to worship the Lord and to honour him. We use three books to that end, uh, primarily. We use a book called The Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. We use a book called Every Moment Holy, which is a book of uh, liturgies, which are almost like a call and response prayer. So 
uh, I would say I give this day to you, Lord, because it is yours already. And then Anna would respond, it is yours already indeed, or something like that. But it's uh, they, these are much more beautifully written liturgies um, for all sorts of different things, everything from moving house to going camping to beekeeping. Um, <laughs> it's literally got all sorts of things. And then this book uh, that we're talking about today is a book which uh, gives you a hymn and then gives you a bit more information on that hymn. And now every time that we sing these hymns, we just feel so encouraged by them. So why have you found these books helpful? And what would you say the major differences between them? Yeah, I found them really, really helpful for so many reasons. Honestly, I could talk about Valley of Vision and Every Moment Holy and this one for ages and unfortunately some of my uh, friends have actually <laughs> had to put up on the receiving end <laughs> yeah but um I think for me one of the things that has been really helpful for me is when I've had a really bad day or it's just been a bit of a meh day or a day where I feel like I haven't done anything or just feeling a bit rubbish about myself actually talk ending the day with a prayer or a liturgy or focusing back on a hymn it basically focuses your aim back on god and it just really helps to ground me where mm. i am so instead of thinking oh you know that was such a waste of a day or oh that was a terrible day i go actually you know what that might have been that might have not been the best day of my life but God is good. God has loved me. God has saved me. And even in today, I know that he's been faithful and he's answered prayers and he's protected me and he's provided for me in ways I didn't even realize he'd done. So I think that's mm. really helpful just having, um, and I can't remember what the verse is, but I'm pretty sure that there's one in Psalms about actually every morning and every night reflecting on God and meditating on his word. And I think doing something like this really helps us actually do that. It'd be nice to chat about why this book is a little bit different, though, from more liturgies and whether you found that that difference helpful. What do you think? I just think it helps to kind of shift things up a bit sometimes. So with this book in particular, one of us will read the hymn um, and we'll read it almost like poetry. Um, there are times where we really can't stop ourselves from singing it because it's just so good um but it's quite but funny, for the most it? part <laughs> oh it's just really hard um but for the most part we try and really read what's been written um especially given that on on multiple occasions during the book he's he's called back to a verse or called back to a line that might seem either obscure or you could gloss over it or it might seem a bit Jesus is my boyfriend kind of thing um but actually he he grounds it in um exactly why it was so profound and especially profound for the writer um and so taking that time to dwell on what my thoughts are what your thoughts are um the things we loved about the hymn and also, of course, just worshipping God through it, um, through words that are um, just inevitably very profound. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I don't know if you guys find this, but I actually often find, especially if there's some songs that you've known since your childhood or you sing quite often, 
that actually you can just end up singing these words, but in your head you're going, oh, have I put the washing out today? Or, oh, I wonder what I'm doing tomorrow. Or, oh, what's for dinner tonight? Instead of, and we're saying these words, but actually we're just so used to them sometimes that they can become just boring or normalized. And so actually reading through these hymns and actually focusing on the words again have op- has opened up such a, a new experience and a whole new depth to the hymns. So obviously talking of hymns, the whole podcast is about hymns, but really quickly, Han, how would you describe what hymns actually are and why they're important? Because it's all very well talking about hymns, but actually what are they? Mm. Yeah, so I, I think that the major difference between a hymn and just a song is um, mostly like a repeated structure. So whereas uh, hymns certainly can have choruses um, and and some do or some have had them added later on, uh, but for the most part, a hymn will simply be one single verse structure used again and again and again, almost like uh, multiple uh verses made out of one form of poetry if that makes sense um and so although they will all be connected by theme or by narrative um or by direction uh there there's no like bridge or chorus or chorus two or <laughs> whatever so to speak there's just multiple verses and then i think there is a, a a kind of a second more colloquial meaning, especially in sort of church slang, I guess, that um, in Christianese we we call mostly older songs hymns. But it's tended to be that hymns are are, are the songs that have survived. Um, Even if uh, there were songs of old that were sung, the reality is is that hymns have uh, been able to be translated um, a lot easier. Hymns have, hymns have survived because they they their contents as well as the beauty of their um, their musical structure has has been so good. And so these enduring truths that have been true and and will and are true and will continue to be true um, really come through. Um, much further and above hit, uh, songs that might be sung that are in reaction to certain things or or very much grounded in in a single age. Um, I'm sure we can all think of songs that were uh, very popular even five, ten years ago that aren't anymore because uh, they just didn't survive the, the sounds of time, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I think is so true and I wanted to quickly before we carry on talking about two specific hymns that he mentioned I wanted to quickly um, draw attention to Ephesians 5 so in the ESV what he says from 15 to 21 it says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, 
giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I just think mm. that's really helpful, isn't it? That actually, that one of the ways that Paul says to walk carefully is to actually address other people and to sing hymns and psalms. And I thought it was really interesting as well, looking at this, that actually the verse before is, says don't get drunk on wine but actually filled with the spirit and often you know the classic thing is that when you get drunk you sing songs and you go crazy but actually being filled with the spirit gives you joy and helps you sing but so much more so much more filling so much more rewarding and actually edifying for you like it builds you up not just alcohol but actually knowing the truth and singing that to God's glory is um, so much better. So shall we say what our favourite hymns or favourite hymn before we get into <laughs> talking about the two ones that we've picked out? Yeah, go for it. What's what's your favourite hymn? Oh, okay. So I think oh, I've got so many when I wrote this question. I was like, I'm not sure which one I can choose. I've always loved and can it be? I think that is such a beautiful mm. hymn. Uh, great melody. It's just so encouraging. And then the bit when it goes, um, my chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm not going to sing into um, <laughs> you guys' ears. I don't think that would be kind. I think we'd lose everyone that were listening to us. Um, I just think it's beautiful. I also love um, Crown Him with Many Crowns, Great is Thy Faithfulness, um, How Great Thou Art. When I survey, okay, I'm going to stop because I'm just going to hymn. Um, <laughs> just going to say all the hymns. So, <laughs> oh, I do, will say though, I um, one of my Spotify playlists is called um, Hymns of Eternal Length. <laughs> so in the church I was growing up um, in, we had a book called Hymns of Eternal Truth. But we always used to joke as kids that it was called Hymns of Eternal Length because there was one hymn in it that had, I think it was around 30 verses. Oh. And it was horrendous. And there was one Sunday where we sang it. And then as we got to the end, someone stood up and was like, oh, this song is beautiful. Let's sing it again. And I was like, I literally can't handle this. <laughs> I've just been singing for five minutes straight. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite? Oh, what are you gonna say? See, it's so interesting because in some ways we grew up in very similar traditions, but in others, totally not. Like we I grew up in a tradition where hymns were very frowned upon, or alternatively, they were very uh, people were very uh, weary of them and wary of them because they they'd grown up in traditions where hymns were were sung and just sung and you didn't even think about it and you just sung it methodically um and and therefore you were left with a bad taste in your mouth and so the the tradition i grew up in we we didn't sing hymns at all and and people who would bring hymns up were yeah people didn't like it <laughs> essentially um but my whole family was involved in worship leading and and being in the band and one day i was playing the drums and a worship leader who had come to our church recently because our church had had joined with another turned around and said that we were going to sing how great thou art which 
now to this day is one of my favorite hymns but he asked me to do essentially like a military drum roll just on the snare or, or maybe the bass drum i can't remember um but the but the effect of it and just listening to it because i couldn't sing it because i was just playing and just listening to these words and just being in awe of god uh, through worship and it was just it was just amazing and just completely changed my perspective on it now we we didn't sing hymns a lot after that even even after that point but but it always held an important place in my heart and it's only really been recently in the last few years that i've been able to really get to know and appreciate hymns especially through uh, retellings of them i suppose through people like shane and shane and through this book yeah that's great and i think everyone who's listened to this has probably had a different experience with hymns whereas you've not heard you like didn't grow up with them you haven't heard them at all it was every sunday it's just it's really interesting to hear what how everyone's experience has been and i think also i guess we would both say absolutely go for hymns hymns are great we had quite a few of them at our wedding didn't we oh so <laughs> um, many because in case you can't tell yeah in case you can't tell we love them um but going focusing a little bit more on the book itself so just before we dive into the two hymns we're going to talk about let's talk a little bit about that overall thoughts of the writing style the understandability is there anything that you liked you didn't like you'd like to improve on so, so uh, I, I would say what, one thing that we we realized while preparing for this podcast is it doesn't seem like there is actually an explanation of what him is in the book. Now, I think that's probably just because most people have an understanding of what him is, but it just might be worth noting that before you go in. Uh, but realistically, anyone can understand this. The hymns themselves might be slightly difficult to understand at points, especially if you're doing this with your family. Uh, I would just take time to explain that if you have younger kids, but but really read them, maybe get them to read them. But the stories that he tells are accessible to anyone. And though it may be worth scanning them just ahead of time, because it does deal with issues of mental health um, and, and similar things to that. It's really, really well written and very accessible. Yeah, absolutely. We both loved this book. Really good writing style, really understandable. We, we, you could tell when you're reading the book that the guy who's writing it loves hymns and just wants everyone else to have a deeper understanding and a deeper love of them. And it really comes across in his writing. So that's so lovely to hear. Um, and I think yeah, I would say absolutely do it with friends, do it with family. There's no reason why you couldn't do this as a group with other people. I think if you read it, you will find that when you're at church and you start singing a song. So it was a few weeks ago when they we sang a song that we'd just done in the book. And I was like, oh, it's a song, it's a song. And as I was reading this, as I was singing a song, I could... I just had an even deeper understanding of mm. what I was saying and an even deeper love for God because I was like, I know what happened like a year ago, not a year ago, a hundred years ago or 200 years ago when this was written. And I know that God is going to be just as faithful 200 years ago as he was today. 
And I, yeah, I just think it's so great. So, right, the first hymn that we're going to be talking about is a hymn called Oh Lord, I Will Praise Thee by William Cowper. So it's worth noting with this hymn, I've chosen two. Um, this hymn is actually not very well known. I hadn't heard of it, um, as I hadn't heard of it. And he did say that actually this hymn is pretty much unknown. But, um, Hun, did you want to read out the last verse? And then we can chat a bit more deeply about it. Yeah, I'll read the last two. Praise ye then his glorious name, publish his exalted fame. Still his worth your praise exceeds, excellent are all his deeds. Raise again thy joyful sound, let the nations roll it round. Zion shout, for this is he, God the Saviour dwells in thee. Oh man, that is amazing, isn't it? Even just the last two verses, it's still... It makes you just want to find the music and sing it along with him. Um, yeah, so Hunt, did you want to give a little bit of an explanation about what the story is behind the song? Yeah, so essentially, we mentioned before about mental health. Now, when we read a hymn like this, we can we can assume, especially given how how happy it might seem and how it talks about... Uh, trusting in the Lord and and whatnot, my soul shall thirst no more. He says in verse two that this this is a happy guy. This is this is a guy who's got it all together. God's given him so much, so many times over. That's simply not the case. I, I remember multiple occasions when I was growing up, and and people who didn't believe in the Lord would come to me and say, oh, "Why on earth would you believe in God? Look at my life and how blessed I am, and look how rotten your life is. And you you love God. Your God obviously doesn't love you." Now, this guy would have an answer to that. William Cowper spent years in in asylums and in the care of others uh, with severe mental illness, um, really being afflicted by by thoughts of of suicide and of uh, just just really awful thoughts about himself. But through this and through understanding his depravity, understanding his fallenness, he got to know a God who was able to step into that come in and console him not just taking away his suffering in a moment but instead being with him through it and in the depths of his depression William Long says he wanted to die the line Jesus is become at length my salvation and my strength transforms a nice surface level Christian belief into an image of an unending fight that he had with his own sanity and his struggle to stay afloat using the strength given to him by Jesus. I think that's amazing. And it means that when you are uh, singing songs and hymns like this, especially hymns like Be Thou My Vision, don't be thinking, of, oh, I don't feel like God is my vision right now. I don't feel like I am giving my all to the Lord. Instead, turn to him and say, be thou my vision. I love you. Please, please take my vision. Make it focus on you. How about you, honey? <laughs> Anything particular that you remember from this that 
that really struck you? Yeah, I think for me with this hymn and actually so many of the others, the thing that really struck me is that actually what came, what sometimes can come across with the hymn is, oh, these are some nice words. But actually what comes across when you hear about the story behind it is these people often were in the lowest of the low or that something something had happened. And then in the overflow of their sorrow, and then the overflow of their need for God, that's where the hymn comes out. And mm-hmm. so that's really shown in this one, isn't it? Um, in Yeah, one of the things that William writes is that actually um, the author of this hymn said that he suffered in 1773, he suffered from an attack of insanity, believing that not only was he condemned to hell, but that God was demanding him to kill himself. And so actually you can really see the depth of his suffering and the depth of how when you then read the hymn and you go, my goodness, this is the truth that not only he wrote, but that he like prayed over himself mm. and he struggled to believe and the truth that he had to like cling on to for dear life. And I think it's quite an interesting topic, isn't it? Talking about the difference between like knowing the truth and actually living the truth. So, for example, with us, um, last year, Adson got really unwell and it was a really, really stressful time for both of us and really difficult. But actually, one of the things that I learned was actually the difference between being like, God's going to provide and God's going to help me. And then living that truth of being like, not only do I know that God's going to provide and help me, but I have to know that because otherwise mm-hmm. there is nothing that I can do. And so I think that's that is shown so well in these hymns that actually it's not just a truth. That's a nice Christian phrase. It is uh, Jesus has at last become at length my salvation and my strength. Mm-hmm. It's what we cling to. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. The next hymn we're going to be talking about is It Is Well With My Soul by Horatio Spafford. Um, I I don't think this hymn was written in 1973, huh? <laughs> I've written down as 1973. No, it's it really funny. 1873, <laughs> I think it was. Um, oh, yeah, this is a really old hymn. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, the 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 first line of this uh, this song that uh, this hymn that we actually had at our wedding is when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Honey, why don't you tell us the story of this hymn? Thank you. Yeah, I, I just want to clarify in advance that this is a bad summary compared to how the author writes it. So <laughs> go and buy his book and read it because it's a lot better. But basically what happens is with Horatio, which, by the way, is a great name. So <laughs> Horatio and his wife lose their first son to scarlet fever. And they decide, because of all the stress that's come from that, they're going to take their four daughters on holiday to Europe. Unfortunately, Horatio was delayed by work, but insisted that the rest go by boat instead. So as they're sailing across the Antarctic, yeah, it is Antarctic. 
Oh, ignore that bit. No. So Arctic. as they're sailing across the Antarctic. No, it's not the no, Antarctic. The That's Atlantic. Atlantic. That's why Atlantic. Okay. <laughs> no. Geography. So as they're sailing across the Atlantic, the boat that they're in crashes with another ship and only the wife survives. And she arrives in England and she sends a telegram back to him simply saying, saved alone. So obviously Horatio immediately boards the next boat and the captain invites him into his cabin and tells him that right now that they're travelling over the spot in which all his daughters drowned. So Horatio, looking over the spot where the boat sank, he returned to his cabin and wrote the song, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billow blows, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I mean, oof. Talk about some emotion, eh? Yeah, we talk about context a lot on this podcast. Um, about how the context of um, an author's situation uh, can completely transform what it is that we're we're reading. Now, that that is all the more true for hymnists and songwriters. I'm sure that we can call to mind, uh, for instance, breakup songs or heartbreak songs from from the charts or from uh, when we were younger or whatnot, and just how how heartfelt they were. Uh, all the more, I think, with with hymns that were written to God, uh, being able to bear everything before him, uh, but also trust him with everything. Um, I just, yeah, the, William Long calls this an unimaginable tragedy. And, yeah, we literally, I, I couldn't think of a better way of putting it than that. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's so helpful because it almost feels to an extent like we have, like it says um, in the Bible about having a crowd of witnesses who have gone before us. It feels like actually when we're singing these hymns, the hymns aren't just simply nice words like we said before that you sing every Sunday, but actually these are written by a cloud of witnesses who have gone before and can proclaim to us 200 and a bit years later that God is faithful and that God is good. And with these people that we can just say, it is well with my soul. And I think that's so encouraging to hear, isn't it? That actually, that these songs that can be so personal to the author can speak so much to us as well today. I think sometimes we can look back, like we've mentioned before, look back. And, yeah, we can look back 200 years ago and go, oh, they don't know what it's like today. They don't know um how I'm feeling and actually we're it might be in different contexts and might be with different things but actually as humans we've always been asking the same questions and we've all been experiencing the same things throughout history and that we can remember that actually no matter what happens we can say that it is well with my soul because we know that even in our suffering that God is still good and that we can praise him. And I'm reminded of um, the bit in Job where it says that I'm confident. Oh, no, that's not in Job. It's in Psalm where he says, I'm confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, yeah, I think that's so true for us today. 
Yeah, I think it was Mark Twain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Mark Twain who said that when he was a, a teenager, he was absolutely just stunned by how little his parents knew. Just that they were such idiots. They just didn't get anything. And he was amazed when he got into his mid-20s how much his parents had learnt in 10 years, as uh, essentially illustrating how uh, he, he was just so oblivious to to the knowledge and the wisdom of his parents during his teens um and it was only later that he realized it i think when we think oh well the past has nothing to teach us um we're thinking very much along those same lines we're 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 feeling and thinking very um yeah immature thoughts i'll be perfectly honest history has so so much to teach us so much of what's going on right now is is incredibly relevant to our lives i i was reviewing a book recently about c.s lewis and the the author used a an example of a paper that he'd written and and the paper was was entitled something like a response to the atomic bomb or something like that um and it was about war and it was about how how we deal with being in a wartime situation and uh and the, the author writing said oh well actually right now during the coronavirus pandemic we might we might be able to read this very same this very same letter this very same uh, writing and be encouraged about it but just replace atomic bomb or war for coronavirus now in the time between him writing that and the release of the book we are in wartime again we we are in a point where europe is at war once again and and it's just amazing to see how um just relevant this is all over again and how much of that letter was was directly relevant to the situation that we're in right now um i I think of prayers that i've read throughout history we refer back to valley of vision and every moment holy valley of vision the prayers that are just relevant time and time and time again when we're reading them these hymns that are relevant time and time and time again and the reason is is because they are tied to the rock of ages god knows is his knowledge just stretches beyond all creation and into eternity nothing can surprise him and though these authors can be surprised and we can be surprised and history and the future can surprise us. The, the Bible isn't surprised by any of it. And the God of the Bible isn't surprised by any of it. And so even if right now you read these hymns and you read this book and you think, I just don't know whether I can, whether I can feel happy right now or feel joyful. The one thing you can do is sing and read and pray to the God of the hymns and the Bible and know that he knows and he is joyful and he loves you and he cares for you and is watching and is not out of control. Um, And even with these writers that have come from such difficult situations like Cowper and like Spafford, you can in difficult situations be incredibly encouraged. And I hope that this book will do that for you. Absolutely, yeah. So just to end, we would 
absolutely recommend this podcast. Oh, wait, no. That's not we what would, I was trying to say. Absolutely. We would recommend like, you know this what? podcast. We would recommend this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'd absolutely recommend this book. We both absolutely loved it. We thought it was really, really good. Um, if you're married, do it with your spouse before dinner or before bedtime or in the mornings. Um, same with family, friends. Yeah, really, really good. You can find that. It is Hymns of Note. You can probably find it on like most selling platforms. <laughs> Just a reminder, if you'd like to follow us, we have social medias on Instagram and Twitter. And Adson does a blog every week called Raven's Writing Desk so there he's going through the book of Jude and he also does some book reviews and I mean I know I'm biased but I think it's great if you tune in next week next Wednesday we have Bavink so we're going to be going through the next chapter of him and so it would be really lovely if you are doing it with us to let us know how you're getting on as we just unpack a bit about what he's writing about and make it a bit more accessible from all of us thank you very much for listening it has been a pleasure as always I hope that you have a lovely day and grace and peace grace and peace Grace and peace.